Blog Talk Radio. Best of both worlds, dog. Come on, man. Come on, man. Sure? I, I, I jumped out my chair. You sure that's the best of both worlds? That's the best of both worlds. Uh, no, that's one nine hundred hustler, dog. No, that's definitely best of both worlds. Nah, that's best of both worlds. You don't know. You don't know nothing about that, man. That's definitely best of both worlds. Boy, I was ready to drop some bars. <laughs> Boy. Boy. They they not even ready. They not even ready, man. We back uh last second shot. High school edition. Season three, episode two. Wow. This is our third season. Third. Third. Wow. 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 Hey, man. Get some hand claps in here. Man, so we going to start off. Um, oh, well, how are you? How are you doing? Um, It's been an eventful uh, couple of days, uh, but I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm I'm just I'm 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 glad to be alive. I'm glad the Lord woke me up this morning. Word word word. So, um, new the big story I guess you could say uh, is Midland versus Midland Dow. I don't know if that's a rivalry. I guess it is a rivalry out there. Um, but you know, obviously, anytime you play a team that's in the same city as you, it's it's big news. So Midland with the win against Midland Dow, that is that's kind of huge. I'm not gonna hold you up, um, Coach Jalen. You know, first year coach out at, at Midland, um, and obviously Dow is a different Dow team from last year. Um, still have Molly Davis, um, from what I'm hearing, and um, it's not confirmed yet. But from what I'm hearing. Um, maybe no, maybe no Maisie Taylor this year. Um, you know, and obviously that's just you know what I've heard. I haven't confirmed that I'm gonna keep saying that. Um, but you know, obviously, um, she hasn't been playing with that ACL injury. Um, and now, um, you know, it's been the Molly Davis show, and it's listen. <laughs> I told I told Eric this. It was either last night or two nights ago. I was like, coach, I was like watching Molly Davis play and then coaching against her is, yeah, you see what she does, but it's really different when you have the game plan for it. And it's, it's different when you're in front of it. And, um, you know, obviously Dowd is a team out there in the SBL. But back to uh, Midland, they took a win. And, you know, I think it's been – since I've since I've started covering um girls basketball, it's been uh or since let's say since we started the podcast three years ago. Three seasons ago I should say. Um I can't recall Midland winning against Midland Dow. I I'll have to fact check that. But um this no, is this the first is, time. That- that was their first win against Dow since 2014. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I, I knew I wasn't tripping. 
Um, so Midland, you know, that's huge for them, right? Um, obviously, they came close a few times last year. But, you know, finally jumping over that hump, I think we said it last year, the SVL is probably taking that one of those higher tiers in conferences um, as, as far as competitiveness. But it's something good to see um, as far as a competitive standpoint. Um, would you say the SBL is, is the top conference in the state or one of the top conferences? Um, def- definitely one of the top. I, I would probably have to say – I would probably have to say it is the top conference. I would, yeah, I would say it's a top conference I, in the state. I, I just don't see – I don't see anybody going undefeated in that conference. I don't think it's possible. Yeah, I don't – I don't – I don't. at this point, I don't either. And um, I was kind of hesitant to say that because, you know, for a long time, people said that about the, the OAA Red and um, – three times in five years, five or six years, Coach Marshall goes undefeated. So but so I'm kinda leery to to say something like that about a top conference, but I I, I think that that was the um that's a different animal though. That's a, that's a, <laughs> it is. It's a different it is and not the two but, you know, and not just to, you know, keep pushing the late of horn or nothing like that, but um I mean, it's happened in 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 the Catholic League as well with with Marion. You know, I was kind of scared to say it. You know, people said that same thing um, in the 2000s about about uh, the Catholic League, but when it was super competitive, but Mary found a way to go undefeated in that. So, kind of hesitant to say that, but I think, um, especially the last couple of years, I've proven, yeah, it. You have to be one one heck of a team to go undefeated in the SVL. You have to have one heck of a team. Yeah. And, and you know, it's it's crazy because now, I mean, Carmen Ainsworth, you know, um, they're on the come up in in a strong way. It it almost makes you think, like, man, you cannot. You cannot uh, sleep not one bit at all um, because it it is it is that type of party in the SBO. No, it definitely is. I mean, you look at the, you know, it, like I said, especially the last couple of years when you talk about um, not going undefeated. I mean, you look at teams like the teams Dow had, you know, with it. Um, Three surefire Division One players in Maisie, who probably should be a Division One player uh, when it's all said and done, and Heritage with you know going back to the first year with you know when they still had Jayla Richardson you know along with Strickland, Joyner, Bignall, and the list goes on you know, and even you know Midland was challenging. So, you know, now with Carmen Ainsworth stepping up and now they have, you know, the, with their young bucks with Tard and uh, Strower, who's the lone junior, um, King and McQueen when she gets uh, when she gets eligible in January uh, and actually in a couple of weeks, the SVL is probably going to be the conference, you know, that um, n- not only just us media people, but Fans, if y'all you know aren't doing anything on those days, and y'all can make the trip out there to Flint or Saginaw or Midland, what have you, go out there and catch a couple games because it's going to be worth the price—the price of admission. It's going to be a competitive race for that conference title. Yeah, and, and you know, it's just—I—I I led with the SBO. Um, and I kind of alluded to it uh, because they came down uh, this past weekend and we got to see Carmen Ainsworth um, play. They had a really good game. Um, 
a comeback win to be exact. Um, and then we got to see Midland Dow. And let me just let, let's start with Dow versus Cousino. Um, Cousino is like at a place where they're trying to find themselves uh, life after Kiera Fletcher, which isn't going to be bad. Um, obviously, they kind of got, I want to say, a young team, but they have a way younger team than they've had. Um, and they've been playing without uh, Kate McArthur for their last few games. Um, but she should be back uh, pretty soon because, you know, it doesn't play over the Christmas break. So um, I've been told that she'll be returning that first game um, in, in the new year. Okay. So, Cousineau does not look uh, bad by any – and this is my second time watching Cousineau, um play this year. Um, they don't look bad, but obviously they'll look much better with a Division One prospect. Um, you know, on the court for for them. Um, but Midland Dow, what can I say? Still playing the same way. A lot of, you know, getting it up the court. And Molly Davis is shooting the ball at an impeccable level. Um, you know, one dribble pull-ups, step backs, and then getting into the lane at will as well. It is is really all working for it. And, I mean, that's just how it, that's, they're going as far as, as Molly can take. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, a lot of people have said, you know, in conversations that I've had with basketball people, you know, they're saying, well, she has to do that because, you know, losing um, T- uh, Ellie Taylor and um, Wasco. And- and adding to uh... hold on, I think we're lo- we're losing Eric's mic. Um, can, can you hear me off? I can hear you in my head. Yeah, okay, we got you. But okay, so but, yeah, um, she she's not only doing that out of necessity, but Let's take it to the fact that she's doing all of that because now she gets the chance to. Let's look at that from. Let's look at it from not disputing what those people have said because she does have to do that. But she's also now getting the chance to show her complete game because she just played the role in facilitating getting the ball to her scores last year. Now she is the scorer and the facilitator and she's showing you this has been me the whole time. I'm just, you're just now seeing the full picture. You know crazy because I always I mean anybody who knows basketball could tell that she could really play. She was always starting in the lineup from a freshman. Her amazing you could always tell they were gonna they were good. It's just Wasco and and Ellie had that experience, and they were so. You know, as a coach, from a coaching standpoint, I would never question, you know, riding uh, Ellie and Kayla. Even even though I don't, I don't even consider riding them. You know, they just, you know, I I feel like they just have more knowledge when to take their spot. So, you know, so now Molly and Maisie has that. Uh, they have that uh, ability and, and that foresight to know, or well, Molly does right now, and I'm sure once Maisie returns, if it's this year or next year, she'll have that for that foresight to know this is when I am supposed to attack. Oh yeah, and um, you know, with all that, you know, being said, you know, let's hop on to um. Maddie Bowery, the leader and star for the Mill and Kimmicks, um, gave out twenty five in that you know that recent game that they, those two teams played. You know she's always 
kind of been, for lack of a better phrase, in the shadow of, you know, the Joiners, the Bignalls, the, you know, the Davises, the Taylors. She's always been in their shadow, you know, and she's always been good. She's always consistently put up, um, you know, 18, 20, 25 point nights. But it just got overshadowed because um, those kids, you know, play uh, were on the top teams for one, and you saw them everywhere. You don't kind of you don't really get to see uh, Maddie Berry down here a lot, you know, or really or even on on the west side a lot. So, you know, she's always just been kind of. In the cut, you really only see her, you know, in recent years in the summers playing with the Michigan Storm. Um, but I'll say this, Saginaw Valley has got them a good player. Saginaw Valley has really got them a good player. I really think she probably might have should have been a, a Division One player. Um, but, oh, Grand, she shot a Grand Valley. Excuse me. Excuse me, Maddie. Excuse me. My apologies. That yeah, this excuse me. Excuse my apologies. Um, Grand Valley has got them a good player. Really got them one. So um yeah, I just wanted to give her a little you know, some credit and because she's been in the shadows for so long. I think this this year and what a way to have a senior year to, for your senior year to be your coming out party. So um and also to New Midland head coach Jaden Cobes. Cause I know you know me, me and uh, Darren have um, really gotten to know him over the last couple of years. You know, really good guy. But um, I can tell you could tell he was kind of waiting for um, a quote unquote blue blood type job. Uh, not to say he didn't love those kids and love the program at Bay City All Saints, but you could kind of tell he was. Waiting to see what he could do on a Class A or Class B type level. You know, now he has a Class A job, and he's also a great start. He's also a great start. Yeah, I mean, what what a way, what a way to oppose, you know, to <laughs> to introduce yourself um, to the conference. Um, and then, like I said, um, we alluded to Carmen being here. For the best of Michigan, um, for the best of Michigan uh, holiday classic. Um, let's talk about that game. Oh, uh, that that was a that was a a, a very um, scrappy, interesting game they had with Arbor Prep. Um, we both picked them. We both picked them. We both picked Carmen to win that game by about what six? Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, they won by five, so it was only one off. But um, we didn't think it would uh, go the way it, we didn't think it would go the way it went. We really didn't think so. Uh, we thought it was gonna be kind of tight all all the way throughout. Um, Arbor Prep really came out punching, and I mean punching. I mean it was like a boxer coming out throwing, you like uh, Tyson or Frazier or Foreman, you know, the heavy hitters coming out throwing their you know, their big heavyweight punches in the first round to really just get you out of there. And that's what Auburn Prep did. They really tried to, you know, wear down Carmen early and often. And Lacia Petrie came out on fire. It was probably the most – her first half was probably the best half of basketball I've seen her play throughout the four years I watched her. She had 19 in the first half. I think she finished the game with I think twenty seven or so, but that for her first half was probably the best half of basketball she's played, and it really Auburn Prep was what a fourteen and a half, fifteen and a half. Uh yeah, it was big. Yeah, a big, um, you know, Stroer did really hasn't gotten going yet for Carmen. Um, no, no, no. Actually, they weren't. Oliver Prep weren't, wasn't up big. That right before that half was when Carmen made the run. 
um, to cut right. it down to like six. Yeah, it cut it to six. It it would look um, like it wasn't big. It was a big run. Yeah. Um, but you kind of even with that run, it was just the start of Karma's comeback. You really, Auburn Prep still very much had control of that game going to halftime. You know, and they kind of reestablished themselves. Went up by twelve. Uh, early in the third, and Stroer, um got to going towards the end of the third quarter, and Tart made some really, really big plays during that run to cut that lead down about three. I mean, she ended up with probably about eight or nine assists, just really facilitating the offense. And whenever the ball was in her hands, things happened. You know, she got you know, her teammates open for shots, really got destiny going, you know, and it's key to have, you know, to, and she kind of, it kind of felt like she knew, okay, I got to get, I got to get our best score going. And that's exactly what she did. And the defense she played on Petrie in the second half was remarkable. To sit there and guard her full court for um, 28 I mean, if a uh, 22 minutes and not pick up a, and pick up probably about just one foul a whole half is remarkable one on the foul on, on the. Go ahead. I said one foul that I can recall. Yeah, and to only pick up that foul and while guarding somebody that is not say she Laisha wasn't chucking, but you know. She's going to take, as being the best player and the best scorer, she's going to take a lot of shots. And she's going to attack a lot, whether it's driving, driving score or the driving kick. So, guard somebody with the ball in their hands that often and to only pick up one foul for 20 minutes. Remarkable. Remarkable. Well, I'm going to let you pick it up from the third quarter on, though, with the description. Ah. Uh. I mean, really, it it just it came down to um, Schroeder. Schroeder had some some big shots uh, in the fourth quarter. It really came down to Carmen supporting Cass caught fire. It, it's people. I mean, it, it's people who. Cause, I mean, Schroeder actually had got into foul trouble at one point. Carmen Ainsworth was shooting the ball, and it was it was everywhere. Um, in the defense. Like I said, and then um, I think it was a live um, Arbor Prep was down or, or something. Something happened to the point where they were down. Yeah, they were down. Uh, Petrie gets to the rim, and it's an end one. Um, and then, you know, a mental mistake, a lane violation, and, you know, that, that pretty much keeps them down. And Carmen goes on another run, and they, they put it away. Um, and I mean that's Carmen's that's Carmen's second win, uh, down here, uh, or uh, say down here, but obviously the first one is being uh, the icebreaker. Um, they get a twenty point win, and then they come back and get an overtime win against Arbor Prep. Um, you know they're sitting at five and zero right now. They're sitting at five and zero right now. They they don't have a game for a while uh, according to their schedule uh, that they posted. So their next game is is against Eastmore at Carmen's Ainsworth. You you're looking at them doing something special here. Um they loaded up their schedule, so you know they they got a good out of conference schedule and then playing in one of the best conferences in the in the state. Um they're 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 loaded up and and it's, it's something to keep your eye on as far as their uh their run to the Brethren. Or it's not the Breslin. I'm sorry. They're running to Calvin. <laughs> but um, yeah. So you know, it's uh, they're they're definitely putting their their bid in and letting people know, hey, pay attention to us because this isn't. They're not. They're not a team. If you're faint at heart, you can't play them. You can't win against them because they're tough. And um, I always tell people. That being tough is 
being tough is like so important as a basketball player. Um, it's not it's not necessarily something you can measure with numbers, but you know, a tough player you can't teach it. You just become tough. Um, or you just are tough, I should say. Um, Carmen Universe has a lot of tough players. And this is before Aaliyah McQueen steps foot onto the court for them. Oh, yeah. I mean, a bunch of scrappers, a um, bunch of uh, just really, you know, in a good way, just down and dirty, grimy, you know, we're going to get it done any way we can type of kids. And, you know, it, it, it bowls well for them, and it works well for them. And, you know, to have that ingrained in your team already with, you know, a young with them being kind of young, uh, like it's gonna. I think I agree with you. I think it's gonna be for any, they're tough out for anybody. They're really a tough out for anybody. You know, round ball classic. So, you know, it'll be good to see them again, and I enjoy watching them. You know, I think you know. I think I, I can't really speak for Darren, but I think Darren kind of enjoy watching them too. Um, so we'll be there at the round ball, check them out. And if, like I said before, about seeing them in conference, you ain't doing anything, make your way to uh, Old Northwestern High School to see um, Carmen if you ain't going to make it out to Flint to see him. If you want to see him, make, it out, make, your, make your way down to Grand Boulevard to see him at, uh, in the round ball classic. I'm telling you, it's what it's, it's All right, so um, with all of that being said, uh, district parents are starting to leak out. I'm going to go ahead and leak mine. I don't care that the MHSA hasn't released yet. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Do we ever care about We We really never care about <laughs> If the MHSA calls me and they're mad about my content, <laughs> Never mind. It it is <laughs> contrary to popular popular belief. It is some things that I won't say on here, but um, it's some things that I'll say to them. Um, <laughs> boy, with all of that being said, um, yeah. So in my district, which is district. Um, You think I would know this off the top of my head? And I wasn't—I wasn't actually uh, included in the draw, so I wasn't there for the draw or anything else. Um, just some sources hit me up and, and let me know what's happening. So, uh, so in in the district number forty-five, uh, not the most exciting district. I'm gonna be honest with you all. Um, is uh, is uh, Melvin uh, no, it's Dearborn Advanced Technology Academy, Caesar Chavez, Voyager, Westside Academy, E-Course, and uh, the team on uh, Coolidge, <laughs> River Rouge. Uh, <laughs> and so um, E-Course has a first round by um, Westside and Voyager will be playing each other. Um, on the other side, I believe River Rouge has a first round by I'm not completely positive about that. Um, and then Advanced Technology Academy and Cesar Chavez will be playing. Mm. Then, okay. then uh, in district number forty-six, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got, I got multiples. I got multiples, Ria. Uh, the that district. <laughs> That district will be um, that district will be held at uh, CMA, um, and the only thing I know for certain is uh, CMA will be playing Northwestern, um, from what I've heard. Uh, just from your oh, yeah, just, just from your sources. 
they have no Bruce Arthur. Uh, huh? I said no Bruce Arthur. That would be tragic if I do look like Chris Broussard. <laughs> that would be very bad. But um, I mean, that's that's just you know what I've heard. Um, you know, obviously um, the district the district draws are close to being posted, so keep your eyes on the MHSAA, the nonprofit that is MHSAA's website. The nonprofit. Let's 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 continue to remind the people it's a nonprofit. No profit. It's a nonprofit. They don't mm. get any type of profit. No money's being made by one person. You know, like you know who I compare the MHSAA to, dog. Donald Trump. Good one, but no. Uh, I compared him I to uh, remember. Remember uh, Reverend Leon Lonnie Love from uh, Martin. <laughs> Boy, that's what it, that's what the image is. If y'all don't know, go look at an episode of Martin with David Allegria playing his character called Reverend Leon Lonnie Love. It's the most shystiest, scandalous preacher you ever see portrayed on 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 TV. I'm telling you, that is the image you know, as people don't realize, but February is coming up quick, um, very quickly. So you you just have to be cognizant of what's going on. Um, so, like, as a coach, I've always been the type where I focus more on my team than I do scouting anybody. Um just because, you know, that's just, that's the people I coached under first. That's how they were, right? We we rarely scouted anybody. We focus on our game, and we're gonna go out and impose our will. It's it's, it's different different when you coaching a high school uh, high school team. You got to be aware of what you're getting into because people are aware of you. Um. <laughs> that's just so it's so crazy um I, I was telling eric um i was telling eric that i went to a game i went to a game and saw two coaches in the stand for my conference now i don't know these coaches i've never coached against them i've never covered a game with their teams before um so you know they they tapped me and said hey coach how you doing, blah, 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 you know, and I'm trying to get used to people knowing me and I don't know them. I always thought that a little weird too, but, you know, I'm getting used to it. We're doing a radio show, so that's something to have. Well, I, um, you know, they told me like, yeah, man, we was out there scouting you. We saw your game against boom, 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 boom. <laughs> And I'm sitting there going, why on earth would you be scouting me? <laughs> why? Like, how does that happen? But, you know, I guess I'm, I'm kind of learning fast. You, I don't think you should, like, be at everybody else's game. But there's so much spread out talent in high school. You have to know what you're getting into. That's why I, I I used to hate, um, I still do hate it, but I understand it a little bit more. I guess I have a, a newer perspective. I used to hate coaches who would say, no, we're not going to play them because we might have to see them in regionals. I, let me tell you, I still hate that. I think that's, I think that's crazy. But, I guess I understand it a little bit more. Just like, um, remind you, I'm, I'm kind of shedding some light on, on to how <laughs> how I walked into my e-course job. I didn't know who was in our in our district for real. I just knew River Rouge was in our district because um, obviously that's the big rivalry, right? So 
you know, people just reminded me of that every chance they got. Oh, man, you got to go against River Rouge. Oh, man, you got to go against River Rouge. <laughs> if another person reminds me that <laughs> that I have to play Rouge or ask me what my game plan is going to be against Rouge, I'm going to scream. <laughs> I'm going to lose. But I didn't know anybody who was in um, my district. I didn't care, to be honest with you. My thinking was, I'm going to get in here, going to make my girls better. We're going to win districts, right? Now, that's still my thinking. Um, you know, not to say I'm guaranteeing it, but if you don't think you can win districts, then I don't think you should be a coach. If you don't think you're going to win your next game, your players can't believe me. I don't think you should be a coach. I mean, that's just that's just how I think. Whatever. So, our second game of the year is Westside Academy. Whatever. We lose that game by nine or it, – it's a close game. We lose it. My team still learning how to play with, you know, how I coach. And, you know, I understand that. Instantly after that game, I tell my assistants, I want to play them again. I I mean, that's the first word that's out of my mouth, that we're, we're going to play them again. I look at the district. <laughs> I look at the uh, – the dang on district map because I'm like, okay, well, maybe I should know who's in our district other than River Rouge. And it's mm-hmm. Westside Academy. <laughs> you, know, it, it's, it's just so crazy how things play out because you know, look, I'm I'm, I'm not a, a a vengeful person. I just know when my I know when my team gets better and confident. That it's a lot of people in trouble, you know. So, and, and I also know that my girls could play better than they played. So that's the only reason I wanted to play them again. But, I, you know, it, it's crazy how things worked out. And I, I guess, because I sat on the show and, and kind of went in on uh, coaches who who avoid those type of matchups. Um, and again, I, I still say I hate you avoiding somebody because you might see them um, in a district or a regional. That's crazy. But I can understand now because now I just have a whole game to watch over and over again. When 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 we have that week off and we have that first round off, I have a game seeing how you attack me. And I'm just going to go over that over and over and over again. And it, it's just weird, you know, like, it, it's weird people's approach to districts, um, the draws, and even when they change districts. It's it's actually amazing if you can hear some of these coaches talk about it. Yeah, I, I bet it is. And I really, I'm with you. I mean, you know, whenever, wherever I get a head coach job, whenever that happens, you know, if I get one, um, I would still have the same mindset of I don't really care about seeing you in 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 the state tournament or wherever. I'm gonna if I feel like it's gonna make our kids better or um, we you know it's gonna be a competitive game. I want that game. I don't really care. Like, I like this. I've never. I will play – I will take my team to play anybody, anybody, because I, I just feel like you telling you telling somebody, oh, no, we can't play, y'all. That's crazy. <laughs> that That is unacceptable. That's un- and, and your kids may never know about you saying no to a game. It bleeds over into attitude, though. That, that's just how I feel. I'm not knocking anybody who who dodges matchups or turns down games. That's that's your choice. My philosophy is though, if you call me and say you won a game, I'm I'm coming to play. I'm I'm welcoming you into the red zone. We can go we can go to the Brewsters and play. We will get it done. <laughs> the Brewsters. <laughs> I was like, I'm like, wow, really, dog? 
Hey, Where, no, I'm playing I, in the with character. <laughs> but no, nah, I mean, I feel the same, the same exact way. Like, it doesn't matter. You know, if you call us a scrimmage, hey, we're going to come. You know, whether you have to come to our gym or you come to, you know, we got to go out there. You know, it doesn't matter if you, you know, hey, we need a game, you know, blah, blah, blah. Can you come or can we play? Can we come to y'all? Sure. I don't care if we see y'all the first game of district. We're going to come. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. I've already played somebody who's in my district and somebody I could possibly see in regionals uh, when we, uh, you know, when we win districts. So that's not, that's not by, you know, and it wasn't by design. I didn't go looking for these people. It's 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 people inside of ecore school systems who tried to talk me out of taking certain things. And I, I just I just can't do that. I can't do that. Now, um you know, and yeah, I I'll, I'll be inclusive with, with the audience um about, you know, just how my seasons went. So our first game we play CMA. We get blown out. It's a bad game. My my team was shell shocked. They had never been in front of a a Division One player who was gonna continue to score like that. That had never happened to them. So they were scared in that moment. Now, just through progression, at least we're to see another Division One player. I know for sure. It's gonna still be some scared people because I have a lot of freshmen. That's what happens with freshmen. I know for sure it doesn't go down like that though. And that and it's about getting those fears out. But I would much rather my kids be scared in the first game versus being scared and shell shocked in districts. Oh yeah, you know it, it's the old cliche saying. Rather, rather be now than in March, you know, or late February, you know. Rather be now in the tournament, you know. So that's, I mean, that's part part of what the regular season is for is to get all of the kinks out and all of the bugs out, all of the jitters out early. So, so once the tournament rolls around, you're ready. You done done all your homework. You didn't, you know, practice hard. You didn't play hard. You didn't. Taught him everything. Now, when March hits, should be ready. You should be ready to go out there and, and try to get as far as you can. Yeah, so you know, I, I think it's weird, but it's, <laughs> we kind of veered off. But I was saying all of that to say, man, February is going to be here quick, very quick, and. I guess I'm kind of hopping on the maybe I should scout people for it just a little bit. Like I'm not gonna be at like two or three of your games <laughs> if if it's only a chance that I see you in regionals. Like no, that's I have a life, okay. But I might be hopping on that that train that I I might have to show up with my video camera once, once maybe twice and. And see what people talking about. I mean, I think that comes with the territory, you know what I'm saying, of being a coach, whether assistant or head or whatever. I think that comes with the territory. You got to, you know, like you said, know what you're getting into. You know, you may, you know, you may not um, go to like, four games and anything like that, you know, you're not stalking a team or anything, but, um, or, you know, being obsessed with a team. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, I, I'm you not going to lie. I'm, I'm not going to lie. There, there are certain, there are certain, um, that I could get obsessed with, um, or teams that I could get upset. All right. So, no, 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 no I'm not going to go there yet. Um, I'm never going to go there on this podcast. But, yeah, it, I can see getting obsessed with certain teams. 
Mm. Yeah. Um, to an, I can see that to an extent. I can see it to an extent. Like, say, say if it was. Say if it was Milford versus Rockford, you know, like that's a crazy rivalry, man. They had an ESPN special on that. I can see being obsessed with that. <laughs> yeah. I can see as a coach being up, or say even King versus Cass. You know, me growing up close to that that rivalry. Um, I see how much it means to people. If I was a coach at Cass or King, yeah, I'm I'm obsessed. Yeah, no. When is the actual? Okay, no, I see where you're going with this. When it's an actual competitive rivalry, then yeah. But when it's not, no, like you said, we got lives. There is no time to be obsessed with it, with the team. Like one that I'm not challenging or two, no reason to be obsessed. But when it's competitive, actually competitive, and it's a true rivalry. Not just, you know, one team just has ill feelings towards the other. No one is a true rivalry that's competitive. Right. Then, yeah. yeah, but, you know, it, like I said, I can see being obsessed um, with certain things and, and certain uh, rivalries. Uh, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm not going to Melvindale APT to – I'm not going to three of their games and recording them. No, no, they have no bearing on us. Yeah, they're in our conference, but no, that's not going to happen. And not even to say they're a bad team, but they're not a team that I'm going to go overboard with. That's no. I think you should only be obsessed with beating your rivals. And I mean rivals, not like the new age rivals. Like back in, back when we were in school, right? If you were the mm-hmm. coach of Lathrop and you were on a losing streak to Southfield High, you should be upset. Yes, but mm-hmm. if it's uh, if it's damn Oak Park, no, like that that makes no sense. You don't have a life. I think every coach should have a life outside of uh, uh, of the sport that they coach. Every coach, you would be way better. They they would be way better people. A lot better. A lot better. I mean, you know, we all know, like we all give our all to this, but we do have. Um, is some days we're, you know, like a Sunday or you know, off Saturday, something like that. But we might not do anything related to basketball. We might we might go 24 hours without saying the word because we have full lives outside of this. Like you, you, otherwise we're talking about Star Wars when we're not talking about basketball. And we talk about Star Wars a lot. We be talking about Star Wars and we be talking about Ares Queens. (laughs) My drink, man. Eric be having girl problems. We don't got time to talk about basketball like that. Hey, I be trying to talk about a life crisis. Hey, I be I ain't got no nine problems. It's more like it's more like like forty six problems, but it's all good though. Boy, boy, you don't uh, about to end this. <laughs> about the <end> of the <laughs> real cool. Nah, but uh, yeah, you know, I, I think we might have covered everything for this week. Might have. Uh, oh, um, 
we know, and you know, it's gonna be Christmas uh, break. Uh, some Christmas is in. Um, this just gave me an idea. Well, all the holiday classics, the classic at um, Cast Tech, that's taking place um, Tuesday and Wednesday, I believe, and then the um, Motor City Roundball Classic, which is being held at uh, Detroit Collegiate Prep. For those of you who know it as Northwestern's Northwestern over there on West Grand Boulevard um, near the hospital. Um, that just brings me to this question. Bring me to this uh, question because we haven't done a throwback um, since we've been back. So, your favorite holiday classic matchup, like over the break. You're off, you know, you, you're out of school or, you you know, you're on break from work. You know, they they gave, they gave you a couple of days off. What's the game you win? Uh, so I was like, was, give, me like give me two games that you win. So I was like, King, oh, wow, I'll never forget this one. King versus Country Day 2001. Ooh. I've heard stories about that one. 2001, uh, Lish Jones, um, Douglas, uh, it loaded King squad, loaded King squad. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> Kim Wilburn and company, uh, Lampier's daughter. Um, I forget her first name. I mean, they went at it. Uh, when I say Kim Wilburn ended up with like 30, 32, um, it, I mean, it just it, it was it was it it just was nasty. It was downright like bucket for bucket, all, all out defensive effort. It, it was crazy. Um, then another one. I want to say Liggett versus uh, Cass. Liggett versus Cass in the round ball. Um, 2012, yeah. 2012. Um, or it was 2011, 2012. <clears throat> Brandy Agee versus uh, Madison Rostovsky. It got a, uh, it got, it got really, really intense, and uh, that that was a great game. Uh, Madison Rostovsky um, had a, a decent game. Um, Brandy Agee, uh, a show, and um, I I left that game thinking that uh, Brandy Agee had just wrapped up her, her miss basketball. I, there was uh, no doubt in my mind after that. And um, obviously, you know, Madison Rostovsky went on to have uh, that crazy year after that game, and Brandy still did what she did, so it, it made it a lot closer. But, uh, yeah. Um, my two games, one um, – would it be Whitney Young versus Renaissance at the round ball in 2011. Yeah. Um, that game, and it wasn't close. Whitney Young came in here and dominated. It was a 20-point blowout. Uh, I think it, the score got as high as 35, um, if I could recall correctly. But Whitney Young came in here and completely dominated. Um, but I remember that for this one of my top games because that was really um my first glimpse of how good teams were nationally, not my first glimpse, but because you know I've always watched other games on uh e s p n when they were broadcasting but to see that up close, that was my first glimpse up close and personal to really see how team, other teams from around the region, around the country, really got down. To see Lene Harper, and, you know, that was a loaded, a loaded Whitney Young squad that came in here. I mean, two nationally ranked players, two All-Americans, and they came in here and just obliterated Renaissance. And not to just down Renaissance like that, but because that was a good – what made it so significant is that was a good Renaissance team. That team made it to the championship game against Inkster that year. That was a good team. It had, 
and had been to the Brethren twice before. So it wasn't like Renaissance was down or um, young, anything like that. They were a senior-laden team who had been to the Brethren twice before and were heading there a third time. That it, it just showed me like, wow, this, this, this. Yeah, it was one of those. This isn't. We're not in Kansas anymore, type of things. And it was my first. Okay. And then talking and talking to um, a couple of Whitney Young players afterwards, it really showed me how behind, that was my first hint of how sort of behind we were as a state. Not to take it back to a MSSA conversation, but. That was just my first hint of okay, we're behind. We're behind. Not to say we're not as talented because we are. Obviously, we are. But other in as far as areas of not getting as many game, as much game experience, is not as much um, competitive uh, game in as many competitive games as we want, or as much as the other teams. That was my first glimpse of that. Um. And then the other one would be, um, I hate to sound like a like a damn homer, but uh, Pershing versus uh, late the, 20, the same year, 2011, at Cast Tech. Went to triple overtime. I mean, Pershing was running and gunning, and South Atlanta had the two bigs, really holding it down in the paint. Caprice Dennis was phenomenal as usual. I mean, she, I think she went for about uh, 27. I think Caprice she had like six. <laughs> but, um, you silly. But, <laughs> you silly for that, man, for real. Um, triple overtime game. Caprice goes for, like I said, 27, six threes, six or seven threes. Um, it just full of drives back and forth. Persian was up big to start. And then the second half, Lathan went on like a 15 0 run to tie the game up. And after that, it was just bucket for bucket. Bucket for bucket. And that was the first time you really saw um, Lather try to, like, you really, really saw someone really match Pershing's pace. Because usually by that time, you're tired. You're done. You can't keep up with the running gun. You can't keep up with the shooting. You know, they play like the run TMC Warriors. Um, so you really, by that time, you were tired or you couldn't, you couldn't continue to hit shots. So that was the first time really somebody outside of Inkster really matched Persian's pace. You know, later they tried to slow the, slow the game down. They had two bigs. They could have easily slowed that game down. They didn't. You know, Persian ended up winning by three. This is a really a, one of those just games where you just see a lot of good basketball. And this is just an up-and-down game for, you know, a whole hour. It was great. It was great. That was one. Of, that was one of my fondest uh, holiday games. Ah, uh, for sure, beloved. <laughs> um, nah, but yeah, yeah, it should be some good ones this year too. Um, but yeah, so uh, I'm a pretty slow news week. Uh, all those council games last week kind of screwed us over here. <laughs> Everybody have a good rest of y'all week. Uh catch me in the red zone tomorrow. Pontiac on the clock. Um you got anything? Um uh, no, nothing much really just um happy holidays to everybody, Merry Christmas, happy Kwanzaa, happy and all that. So, um, whatever your religion is, happy holidays to you. Um, thank you again for listening and keeping up with our shows and, and mixtapes. You want a mixtape? Hit us up. Um, catch us throughout the, you know, throughout the holiday break. You know, 
at all these games. Hey, what's games. the Kwanzaa bro? What's today's principle of uh, Kwanzaa? You know what? I feel bad. I have no idea. Boy, Kwanzaa not even going on right now. <laughs> so, that shows you how out of touch I am. But anyway. Boy, I'm about oh. to buy you a... Uh, uh, I, I don't have nothing else, man. For sure. Uh, we out.